Hello, my name is Jan Welch, and you're watching the Then and Now Blading podcast. This is episode 27. My guest today is Lark Picard. He's a skater from Switzerland, living in Montreal. I was lucky enough to meet Mont- um, to meet Lark a couple years ago and skate with him. He came to Vermont. We did some skating at the Vermont Blading Camp. I skated with him in Montreal. Let's go ahead and bring Lark on the show. Lark. Hi. Can you hear me better? Yeah, I hear you way better. We had a little bit of technical hey, difficulty, nice. but it sounds great. So good to see you. How's your day going? My day was going great. I had a great day at work. And nice. It went pretty well. So, yeah. Cool. So you are originally from Switzerland, mm-hmm. and now you're living in Montreal. You've been there for over a year, mm-hmm. right? Why did you end up moving to Montreal? Um, it's a... Uh... Uh, a few things got into my decision. So uh, I'm all Canadian from my dad. So right now I'm living at my grandparents. And uh, so I had um, a lot easier to move there because uh, yeah. I was already Canadian. And uh, I'm currently living at my grandparents. So that helped a lot. Well, that's also. cool. And uh, at first I was supposed to go there for six months just to have a new experience and... Um, uh, try to work there also because uh, having a work, uh, getting a work in Canada is way much easier than in Switzerland. Okay. And uh, I just end up staying, and I moved there now, and I live, uh, yeah, actually live in Montreal now. Yeah, it's really cool because you went back home for Christmas, back to Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, and yeah you exactly. Came back permanently. Yeah, exactly. And awesome. And how is Montreal compared to Switzerland? Um, well, you're, from, both... you're from Lausanne, first of all, yeah. in Lausanne, Switzerland, which is the yeah. French-speaking part of Switzerland. So yeah, Lausanne is known for its skating history, and yeah. so is Montreal. So now, with that comparison, what is what is Lausanne like compared to Montreal, and what do you miss about Lausanne? Um, I miss honestly more my social life there because uh, obviously I am. Um, I grew up there, so I, I knew way more people, and all of my friends are from here. Uh, but um, unfortunately, the rollerblade scene uh, wasn't really popping there. Uh, for the longest time, I was the only one. I, I mean, I thought I was the only one in Switzerland to be my age, and definitely the only one to be my age and at my level at that point. And uh, so moving in Montreal at, uh, was a big uh change for me because all of a sudden I just started to have session with like five people okay. and for me having five people on a, a basic session just to skate with is like the best thing ever because in Switzerland I grew up uh, skating alone most of the time and uh, when I wasn't I was with skater or tw- um, school rider and uh, I had a few friends who were doing roller but we were like three and it's kind of difficult to motivate yourself when you're only like you and your two best friends. So yeah, the rollerblade scene unfortunately is really small in Switzerland. Well, it's uh, sad because Lausanne was known for yes. the huge contests, all the skating, the downhilling. I know that there's some skaters that live in Lausanne that like still do downhill and stuff. Do you see like rec yeah, skaters? There is, uh, yeah, there is still, uh, for example, Maxime Janou who's um, still doing downhill and skating a lot, but. Unfortunately, most of the um, rollerblades in in Lausanne kind of got older and no one was there to take their place. Okay. So when they started to have real job and family for some people, kids, 
they just couldn't continue to skate that much and just to skate in general wasn't that much into their uh, habit anymore. So, yeah. So you're only 18 years old. Yeah. When did you start skating? And you know, uh, you're, I, you're you're like a newer generation of skaters. So how long have you actually been skating? And how did you uh, get I've into been, skating? I've been skating for eight years, seven years, seven, eight years. I started when I just turned 11, I think, from my calculation. And uh, I've been just doing rollerblade since I'm five or four. Since I'm really young, because uh, my dad was doing hockey, so okay. he put us on roller as soon as he can. And uh, we were just rolling around. Um, I tried the uh, skateboarding uh, the year I started roller. Uh, but um, I'm just gonna. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I really didn't like the fact that I needed six months to learn how to jump, uh, so to do a holly. Right. And uh, <laughs> I tried one time with my roller, and it felt so natural and so good that uh -oh. it just kept going, and I never stopped. Well, that's really cool. And when you started skating when you were 11, was there some other skaters back then, or has it always just been you? Um, I mean, there were some older blader, uh, but unfortunately, I uh, wasn't really a part I didn't felt a part of the community at all uh, in Switzerland in roller because um, they were like ten years older than me, and I was uh, I was ten. Like right now, I have some friends in Montreal who are twenty years older than me, but uh, I'm eighteen, and so it's really different. Uh, but uh, no, I I basically uh, grew up uh, skating alone. Uh, at some point, a guy who my people might know uh, named Diego Lupi. Uh, Diego Lupi, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him. Uh, he was the guy who was um, uh, organizing the Lausanne event when he okay. came back. So the All first right. year was other people, but when it came back in 2008, maybe I don't know. But when he came back, he was one of the guys organizing that, and uh, he's been my mentor and roller, and he really helped me. Uh, we did a lot of um, skate, for example, and uh, till this day, like a year ago. Uh, before I left from Montreal, he still beat me in skate while being completely in switch. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. And That's I wasn't, really cool. yeah, I wasn't bad technically at that point, but he just a level more. Now you've been skating some competitions, you know, you won Blading Cup and was two years ago. And what's your, comp a year, a year ago? Okay, and what's your competition history? Did you compete in Europe in any events? Did you yes. travel for skating? Yes. Uh, I used to compete a lot in Europe, actually. I was a lot on the French uh, circuit because um, in Switzerland, we were like three of my age and I was going in Dijon. That's like 45 minutes away train from uh, uh, Lausanne, maybe, maybe an hour or something. And uh, all of a the sudden, there were 15 baiters all doing misty flips and back flips and everything you can imagine my age. So I was going at every uh, roller competition I could in France. And I learned a lot. Um, it's a different kind of competition than we can find in North America. It's really more uh, on the uh, performance. Uh, per performance. It's it's more like a feed, definitely. Okay. It, like uh, kids were learning how to do Misty Flip before doing a soul grind. So um, I I learned a lot in uh, competition in France, uh, how to do a clean run and what how to uh, prepare a run and like 
yeah, I, I did a lot of competition in Rio before. Uh, I went in pretty much every country aside of Switzerland, plus um, uh, Amsterdam for the rain, for the winter clash. Uh, I went in Italy for uh, a few times for uh, events. Um, I went in every city in France, uh, almost every big city. I went in Germany. Uh, yeah, pretty much everywhere I could uh, go for a competition I was going. Uh, That's really cool. And then how old were you when you started traveling for those competitions? Um, at first it was with my parents. So I think the year I started or a year after I started, I did the NL contest in oh, wow. Strasbourg. Uh -huh. and that was my first ever competition and I was with the amateur because there were no kids category. And that was a, a big, big thing to do for first competition. Um, but then uh, I... Wait, sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> um, I was, uh, when, when your first competition you're talking about. Oh yeah, about. my first competition. Yeah, yeah, my, um, yeah it was, uh, um, I think, I think I still have the, yeah, wait, let me check. There is the date. Yeah, I was, I was 11 at my first competition and uh, it was in Dijon. And uh, I did uh, first place in the category uh, 12 and under. Wow, and, that's uh, really cool. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was my first real competition because before I did the NL contest, but I was with the amateur. There was, it wasn't really a competition at this point. <laughs> I had no chance. But uh, yeah, the, the thing I'm really stoked about is that I came back uh, in 2019, I think, and I did second in professional. So uh, almost, I think, um, uh, five, six years after um, yeah. my first competition, I went back in. Yeah, that's really cool. What was the uh, your most your favorite competition you skated in? I think Winter Clash. Well, like my first few Winter Clash, I went. I think I went three times there. I just loved. I just loved it. Like all of a sudden, I was. Uh, that's the first time I met Montre, for example. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember my first winter clash ever, or my second. Um, I was doing a game of skate with uh, Montre and uh, Danilo, and Danilo Seba from Brazil, I think. And uh, that was just so unreal for me. I was, um, I was uh, surrounded by uh, skaters. Uh, yeah. and that every competition what motivated me is like to have other people who share the same passion that me because I was kind of the only one in Switzerland I mean Switzerland in, in Lausanne and at my age in Switzerland I felt like mm -hmm. and so when I was going in competition it was mostly to just ride with other people who share my passion so Winter Clash I think was my favorite yeah that's really cool and I love Winter Clash as well it's so yeah. many people such good energy Yes. And and it's just insane. It's crazy. And yeah. you definitely get a lot of inspiration and you meet a lot of people. So yes. yeah. that's really cool. You got experience that multiple times. Mm -hmm. Now, when I look at your skating, you know, I've seen you skate here in Vermont in Montreal. You definitely have a almost a competition style. Like you could tell that you skated in contests in France. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and you probably grew up skating park. It, there used to be a skate park in 
was on. Is it? Do they, do they still have an indoor skate park there? Yes, they uh -huh. still have. Uh, actually, they still have the same bowl than when they created it. So it's like La Havre or something, or what's it called? Uh, it's a skate park HS36, um, okay. HS36, uh, La Fievre, the wow. fever in English. And uh, it opened 25 years ago and they built a bowl and it's almost exactly the same. They uh, add some uh, extension and some, um, they change a bit like, uh, for example, one of the corner was like a, like a real volcano and now it's like a, a round thing. Okay. And uh, yeah, it, it's still the same. And I grew up skating in an indoor skate park with a, a flat uh, ledge with the round coping. And I didn't really knew until I came here, but it's not normal. I mean, not normal. Most people grew up skating, uh, learning a lot of the top side on the, um, a square ledge mm -hmm. or a rail. And uh, yeah, it's it's a lot easier when you have the right equipment. And yeah, a lot of you know, a lot of parks here have the square coping. You've probably seen that since you've moved. Yeah. You're skating in Vermont and, and Montreal. Yeah. Now, being 18, there was a lot of skaters your same age throughout Europe, but there's a few skaters your age. What was it like? Uh, like, did you guys have a community? Because you know, my generation, we have a community and. A lot of us disconnected from your generation because, you know, you're someone who could be most of our kid, you know, age-wise. Um, so a lot of people don't know about, you know, skaters in your generation. Like, what do you, like, do you have a connection with skaters in your age group? Like, do you have a community or do you just uh, interact with the older skaters mainly? Mainly in Montreal, all of my friends are more than 25 and it go up to 40, 45. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I do try to talk a lot uh, with the younger skater on Instagram. Like, uh, I don't know, uh, when I was on Ankle, I was uh, talking a lot with um, Everall. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but um, the amateur from Icon, that's yeah. uh, really good. Uh, Jayun also, we've been talking a bit on Instagram. Uh, Danilo here, there. I mean, yeah, I... I try to, when I see a younger guy or a guy my age, just to like talk with him and, you know, cause we're not a lot and we're like really separated from each other around the globe. So yeah, uh, there was a video that came out recently, Future, that had yes. a lot of kids your age in it, um, yes. which I'll have a link in the description below. I talked about in my last show I did with Frank Stoner, but that's a really cool cross section of skaters mm -hmm. around your age or from around the world. And it's really interesting to see because it's like the first edit I've seen in 20 years. That's yeah. just kids one age. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you, do you know most of those kids? Uh, I know most of them. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember every name, but uh, I know who organized it is uh, Tiba from uh, Germany. He contacted me. I was supposed to be in it, but uh, I didn't manage to get a street clip for that. And um I wasn't at the at time I had someone around me who had their camera able okay. to film me and to go street because um, uh, one of my best friends in uh, Montreal who uh, I film a lot with uh, unfortunately got injured uh, and I had competition in preparation like the Montreal Cup for example so I couldn't get clips but uh, yeah I knew most of them uh, already from Instagram Instagram really connect us 
the younger generation. So growing up in a younger generation, what do you know about skating history? Like, do you, do you like follow it? Do you research it or do you know nothing about it? Like, you know, uh-huh. from stuff from the nineties, two thousands, like, is there like, how, what do you know about it? Um, I don't know a lot about it. I, I, I didn't grow up with people who um, teach me uh, the roller culture in a way. And uh, yeah, I, I basically know nothing about it. And I didn't know that I knew nothing before I arrived here. Uh, some people try to do my education, but there is so much to, to catch back on it. Right. I mean, it's a long time. I mean, you were born the same year we were filming Leading the Blind, the 4x4 yeah. video. Yeah. And before that, I already made a lot of videos. Um, you know, Sandro, who lives in Montreal, he had a section yeah. in one of my videos from 2000. And, you know, and he's still ripping it. And Sandro's in the live chat right now. Yeah. And he I says, think. amazing, this guy, it's a machine. <laughs> nah, he's a machine. <laughs> you guys he's are both machine. machines. And Sandro, I mean, he's like a fine wine. He's just, it gets better the older yeah. he gets. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of history in skating. Is I mean, what skaters inspired you, or did you look up to in your like upbringing? You know, coming up in skating. Do you um, have like a favorite skaters? I right now I don't have it anymore. Uh, I have a lot of skaters that I love watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, every skater that kind of seek different than other that uh, that that's not gonna try um, to just do like the craziest trick but maybe the most interesting trick or when they see a different approach on an obstacle i really find that interesting and i'm trying to um go more into that but bringing my technicality in it uh but uh i think for the longest time brian aragon was my biggest inspiration and brian aragon is someone who hasn't really been skating for quite a while yeah you know professionally did you go back and watch his old videos uh, I did, but um, it's funny because I was always uh, watching the same kind of video in, in repeat. Uh, it was more in in the end of his career, I think. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch a lot of video without colors, for example. Like, most of the videos were, like, produced by, um, around the time Razor Swag was made. Okay. Very few, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, for me, he was a power skater. <laughs> uh, but I, I learned that uh, he was really, really good in streets. And then I started to like watch more streets. But um, yeah, I I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of weird. I I feel like I, I've just been skating. Like I, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't trying to like do my like my idol or something mm-hmm. i i was just skinning and even now i don't watch a lot of roller video uh, i try to watch as much as i can at uh, the one who come out so i think i watch every roller video that come out like the last few months but uh for the longest time i was just doing roller and that was it that you have a favorite way. video that's come out recently um i love cash only uh by the bodega go bodega boys yeah yeah that's uh, good the uh, it's not it's not aggressive skating it's more wizard but uh the jk video is really good 
mm-hmm. can't remember the name, but that one. Um, what's the one I, I watched one yesterday? Uh, oh yeah, uh, the Scott Queen video is amazing. I haven't seen it yet. I need to watch that. Oh, I'm sure it's really watch. good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really good. Like the artist artistic uh, direction and the the tricks are really really well made. Cool. Yeah, I mean he's such a great skater. Yeah, yeah. And the Bodega Boys, you know, you got to be in some of their reels on your Instagram page from the Vermont road trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. <laughs> uh, uh, I met uh, I met them uh, on the trip. Uh, yeah, they're but, all really cool. Uh, David, is that right? Uh, wait. There's I, um. I, there's uh uh. Oh. I'm having a brain, a brain fart. I'm terrible right with names. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> it's into roller com- I love everyone in roller, but I can never remember names of anyone, and that's a problem. <laughs> I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. So, I want to go to Montre. You so you met Montre at Winter Clash, mm-hmm. and yeah. then did you, did you also go to Blading Camp? Yeah, uh, I met him at Winter Clash, and uh, I said to him that I was going to uh, a Blading Camp. And then we saw each other in bedding camp. And uh, I think he started following me on Instagram after that. And um, like over the years, he started like to like my post a bit more, to comment on my post, to answer my stories sometime. And uh, when he started the Icon project, he contacted me. And uh, I was one of the first writers on the team. I remember that because I interviewed him right around that time. Yeah. And we talked about you on there. And so Icon is an interesting brand because it's brand new, had tons of stuff. And you were mm-hmm. skating on the AG10s, right? The carbon ones? Yeah, yeah, full carbon. Yeah. Um, and how was how were the skates? I mean, you skated them for quite yeah, a while. Now, now you've quit and you're in Rossi's, but I want to hear about like the Icon skates, how everything went with that. And then why did you end up quitting the team? Mm-hmm. Um, so Technically, they're the best kits you can ask for. They are really light. They have a wide sole plate. Uh, they are made of really, really good uh, material. And uh, yeah, they're overall, I I quit it, but I, I can still say they're amazing skates. But uh, I didn't felt like the brand image was really strong. And I unfortunately didn't felt like I was a part i mean i was a part of something but no one really connected us we didn't none of us had the same style none of us really had the same approach the whole idea is really good but i felt like something went missing mm-hmm. and uh i felt like i needed change also because i was with them for a year and i've changed so much in a year i moved in montreal i started like being a professional, if that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, so I just, I, just, I felt like I needed change. And well, I understand, yeah. you know, with the, the team is so spread out. I mean, all around yeah. the world, you know, it's yeah. not like, uh, you know, like Mesmer or something where they all kind of live in the same town and they get together all the time and they're like a big family, which you spent some time with the Mesmer guys in New York during Bashika. Yeah, what I did. Like, was that, did that have some sort of um, a factor in, you feeling the way you did with um, I, I was thinking it, it's been a while I was thinking about uh, quitting icon because um, 
I really liked the roller and everything was working really fine. They supported me a lot too. Uh, and I can't be thankful enough for that. But um, yeah, I I felt like uh, I needed something more. I needed to be a part of something bigger. I Yeah, I, I needed also to like, I don't know, go a bit more street, even though I'm still doing mostly park. Mm -hmm. uh, just like, yeah, I needed a change of image, kind of. Yeah. I feel and, that. Uh, yeah, um, not necessarily Mesmer, but my trip in New York uh, convinced me to uh, switch team, to change to Roaches. And so, Roaches, how did you get on Roaches? Like, who do you know? Did you uh, did you call them up? Did somebody help you get on? Yeah, uh, Bobby Spasov. Okay. Because uh, um, uh, we were talking... We were talking on Instagram. Uh, he was answering to my story. I was answering to his story. Sometime we're like having a little discussion, and at some point he said that he would like me to have me on the team and that he appreciated my uh, skating. And um, I was at that point kind of done with Icon. I was already I was thinking about maybe changing things. I didn't really knew what to do, and I felt like that was the opportunity I was missing, and so I just go on it and. Yeah, but uh, put, Bobby put me on. Yeah. And what's your position on Rossi? Is it like they're just hooking you up, or are you gonna get? Is it gonna be a little bit more than that? Um, for now, they just hook me up. Uh, they give me what I need in roller. Um, yeah, they. Yeah, I receive roller for now, and uh, I'll see in the future if something will change. And you're on the which skates are you on from Rossi's now? Uh, the fifth element, uh, the Aquamarine. And those are very crazy looking skates. I've seen yeah, few clips of you skating them, and you look really good on them. I feel like, yeah. I mean, the icons look good too, but I feel like, you know, you pull these skates off. The yeah. colors scheme is definitely, I think I like them, but, you know, it's, I think, I don't know if everyone can rock with them, but yeah. you look really good on those skates. So that's pretty cool yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, how did I feel? Like, is, was it a big change going from the Rosies? I mean, from the icons to the Rosies? They feel, Perfect. Uh, I mean, uh, I've always been uh, L uh, shell size in roller since, mm -hmm. I don't know, four or five years, because my feet grew up pretty quickly. So I quickly had a 10, 10 and a half size. And so for the longest time, I was on the L shell. And with Rochi, someone told me that I could downsize them to an M. And that really convinced me. And when I tried them uh, at the shop uh, in Montreal, uh, boutique solo online. Uh, it just felt so right. It was just like my feet, and uh, now I'm skating down size roller, so it's like uh, eight nine uh, mm -hmm. size roller, and yeah, they they feel just perfect. I think I've, I was just having the wrong size of roller since I, I begin roller. That seems to be a, a common issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I talked to Robert Guerrero about as well. Uh, have you skated with him yet? I, 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 we skated with him in Sherbrooke. With Robert Guerrero? Yeah, uh -uh. yeah. Um, I think I was already, my session was already done uh, okay. when he arrived, unfortunately. Yeah. Because he's been uh, in, he was in Montreal on Monday or something with uh, Mathieu Ledeau. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I, I was working, unfortunately, but uh, he linked up with uh, Matt Ledeau and Imani. Okay. And uh, Emily asked me to come, but I wasn't working, so I couldn't. And Emery's been in town filming his vault video. 
right? The Vault yeah. Tour. And have you been getting some street clips for that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got uh, we got some clip. Uh, he's gonna come back in a few months to do more. Um, but I, I did get some uh, street clip. In I look forward to that because most of the clips I've seen of you are from park skating. Yeah. So yeah. I'd be really interested to see some street footage of you and yeah. like Montreal. For those of you who don't know, Montreal. It's a huge city, and it's got a really big blading scene that was kind of vitalized by a lot of French skaters that moved there several years ago. And then mm -hmm. Sandro moved there, and then you moved there, and they've got building a lot of parks, and they have um, nice indoor <laughs> parks for the winter, and they have a lot of like urban skaters. It's, you know, it's like it's just skating in general is pretty big there. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm gonna see, but I'm all right. Um, so. So Montreal, it's it's probably one of the biggest cities on the East Coast for skating. So you mm -hmm. ended up in a town that's, you know, where you grew up, there was no skating. And then you moved to a city with a lot of skating. And there's a lot of skaters. And there's a lot of really good skaters. And I know you skate with Max Synth and Maxime yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and those guys are quite a bit older than you, right? Yeah, yeah. But you guys all have a very unique style. And those guys are really good. And yeah. you were my three favorite people to watch oh. skate together when I go there, you know, for shop boutique yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, events. And, you know, they, they were also in Vermont for the Vermont trip, which is yeah. really cool. Is that who you skate with the most? Is there other people you skate with quite a bit? Um, I skate uh, a lot with uh, Maxence. Maxence was the guy who was feeling me I was talking about who hurt himself. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been able to skate uh, for the last two months because he's oh, wow. uh, uh, talon. Um, like the, like that's my foot under. I don't okay. know the name that's in English, but like, did a heel there? Yeah, um, like the, yeah, hundred is foot, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm skating a lot uh, with him, uh, Maxime Lantier, so the guy with the dam skate. Yep. Um, also, uh, Marc Paradis, a uh, marketian. Uh, and he's and he's in uh, live chat. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll marry you. I'll marry you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I skate a lot with him. Uh, with uh, also a lot of um, older French guy who actually knew uh, the guy who taught me roller. Kind of. Okay. I mean, they were on the French scene a while ago, so they kind of met each other. And um, yeah. People from all around the world, because like there is Sandro, there is the French guys, there is some Quebecois with uh, uh, Maxime and uh, Me Paradis uh, and Maxence. There is um, who is there more? There is also some OG from the scene uh, who were skating back in the day with the disruptor uh, shop and everything. I mean, we got we Dennis, have, uh, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Ra Rabbi is an old school. Yeah, is uh, old school. Unfortunately, he have uh, kids and a family, so yeah. it's kind of hard to have the same time to skate. But uh, we've skated together a few times. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he actually worked. He worked at the Daily Bread magazine in San Diego when I was there in about two thousand and one. That's when I first oh. met him. So I've known him for uh, you know like twenty one years. <laughs> <laughs> That's older than me. 
I know. It's funny, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Now, another thing that's made Montreal really awesome for skating in the past year is there's a shop there now, and that's Boutique Solo Inline, and you yes. skate for the shop yeah. uh, along with um, Maxent, or who else is on the team? It's Max you. And, uh, Max and Denny. Yeah, okay, and Denny. Yeah. All on the team. Um, and David runs a shop, and it's an amazing shop. They have like a hundred different skates. They have all the Gressa skates, yeah, all the Rex right. skates. Yeah. Like it's amazing. It's really, I think, mm -hmm. been a really good asset to the Montreal scene. And they've been organizing camping events in the early summer around Quebec. They did Montreal Cup, which mm -hmm. you skated in. What was that like? Like it's been a long time since they had a kind of outdoor competition in Montreal. Yeah. It was it was huge. Everyone was so stoked about it. Uh, everyone. The two three months before, everyone was like, "Yeah, I'm training for Montreal Cup." Uh, everyone was really hyped. Everyone was uh, skating. After it, though, everyone was hurt, <laughs> so uh, skating kind of slowed down after. But uh, yeah, it was it was so cool to have an event like that back, bringing us together and bringing Ottawa and Toronto guys and even some guys from the U.S. and uh, from Vancouver even I think. I mean. There were people from all over Canada and uh, border US. So, it was a really but, good comp. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Hopefully, it's it bigger next year. And it was yeah. like you know, it was like Blading Cup where they've added quad skating to it. So I think that made the energy really fun. They yes. had a, David organized a Friday night skate and got everybody together. Uh, I had a really good time uh, for that event. So I'm looking forward to going. I'm actually going to go there the weekend after next. I missed that to you before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Go skate with David a little bit. Denny said he's going to mark it yeah. down on his calendar. So get us a couple sessions in. Uh, let me see. I wanted to get into. Uh, uh, about the Montreal Cup. Yeah. Uh, we're definitely going to do it back next year. And uh, it's going to be really big. So everyone who's watching it come to Montreal uh, next summer will do a, a super cool event. And. Uh, it's going to be even better than the first year because obviously first year, first mistake. But second year, we learn from that. And uh, a lot of people are motivated by the product. And so, yeah, come. Yeah, I think the yeah. only the only thing that I think made it with not as many people is they didn't have an Instagram page. So it was hard to share it. I could never share it with yeah. anybody because there's nothing to share. You know, like, yeah. um, so next year, a little bit more social media, I think will help get the people there. Also, you don't need to uh, to go to Canada. You don't have to have a vaccination anymore. So that's probably stopped some people yeah, from that's going too. Um, so that'll get people going again. Now, I wanted to ask you as far as English goes. When did you learn English? You're from a French-speaking uh, part of Switzerland. You live in Montreal. English is not really a native language either one, but your English is pretty good. Where did you learn English? Uh, was it coming from traveling a lot for skating, or did you learn in school? Traveling for skating, both of my parents uh, wanted us to speak as much English as we could. Uh, we were trying to watch movies in English with the subtitle at first and then without. Um, I had a lot of international friends in Switzerland who were in private school, so they would only speak English. And uh, for a time I was hanging out a lot with them, so I just learned English by smoking joint with them and just hanging out with them every day. Yeah, that's cool. And, um, I never actually learned English uh, in um, 
uh, in the school system or whatever. I really learn English by speaking it and by trying and by making mistake and it just, yeah. I feel like that's the same thing for a lot of the skaters in Europe. There's yeah. some countries where English is not as common. Just being at events all the time, you just learn English because um, it's the universal language between skaters. Yeah. When you're that's, traveling. That also really motivated me to just start speaking like that and just try. I just saw that uh, Liam Greenwald is on the chat. Oh, uh, and he gave well, five, what is that, Swiss francs? Yeah, Swiss francs. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice to see the youth on the podcast. And this is one of your friends? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I I, um, I've, I only met him a few times only in Switzerland. He's from Switzerland. He's a young guy that's really good. Uh, I'd suggest everyone to go see him. He's 16. Oh, wow. I don't know. Correct me, Liam, if I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, he really started uh, popping off and leveling up in this skating when I uh, was away. But uh, I seen on Instagram, and uh, he's one of the young guys to check on it. I think that's cool. You have to send me his Instagram page, yeah. and I can check I it out, and and I'll try to add it to the description in this video after we do the premiere. Yeah. Uh, it's always interesting. I mean, I, we have one thing like starting with you today. Most of my shows, or all of my shows, I've done. The past 26 episodes, I've been with people from that I've known throughout my career in skating, but I want to focus on younger people. So having you on the show is really cool, and I want to have some more younger generation skaters on here, you know, to find out about their skating and and what they know and you know who their inspirations are and what their take is on skating. Uh, Liam says he turns 16 next week, so yeah, happy birthday, so. Liam. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I saw, um, I forgot to tell it, but, uh, I've started to skate a lot with the quad community in Montreal and the vibe is so different and I love it. It's not better or less good, but it's just so, um, wholesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, I've also started kind of quad. Yeah. I mean, started, I want to start and I did that, uh, one or two times. Did you but, get some quads uh, ready? I'm trying to get on some quads. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, you know, I the quad thing has been interesting to me because the past several years it's gotten very intermixed. You know, like mm -hmm. a lot of events together, and it's really fun energy. And Blading Cup was amazing. Blading Cup I thought was so much better because they added the quads and the positive positive energy from the quads because mm -hmm. everyone's so, so excited and you know happy. Typically, at inline contests, everyone's pretty serious. You know, yeah. and and there, people, you know, they're beginners and they're landing a trick and they're just super stoked. Mm -hmm. uh, and it spread to the inline skaters. And I thought it made the whole event really fun. Yeah, um, so that's really cool. You're doing that. We're doing an event uh, Saturday in Western Mass in North Adams. And it's going to be an inline quad fall get together. Me and Miles are hosting it. So it's a big skate park in Mass East, uh, Western Massachusetts. So yeah, that should be pretty fun. Yeah. I actually got a pair of quads. I got a pair of uh, the Kaya's or Chaya or however you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. I got some of those. So I haven't had a chance to skate them yet, but I will be bringing those to the skate park this weekend. Um, we got David. Jan. Yes, Jan. We'll do an Instagram page for Montreal Cup next year so all the Americans and international skaters will know about it. Perfect, David. And I will be there to help spread the word as much as I can. And Stefan asks, when is the Montreal Cup? Uh David, if you have a date set, you can go ahead and post that in the conversation below or maybe a month for ballpark. 
Uh, the thing that's going to change for the next Montreal Cup, I huh? can't pronounce myself um, entirely on that, but uh, from what I understood, it's going to be more uh, with an association, association thing. So okay. we hope on creating a roller association in Montreal that's going to organize the Montreal Cup. And so it's going to be... It was a big community thing, but it's going to be actually like all of the community of Montreal uh, doing it and uh, uh, putting uh, work into that. Because uh, the first year was mostly solo organizing. And uh, next year, we're going to try to um, really uh, push more on uh, bringing us together to create something. Cool. That's really exciting. And yeah, I'm always down to assist. Matthias, give that boy some bell bottoms. Yeah, give me some <laughs> bell bottoms. Give me your bell bottoms, Matthias. <laughs> so going back to, to being a younger skater, yeah. how do you feel like companies in the industry pay attention to the youth? Is there anything targeting the younger skaters or is everything targeted towards people in their 30s and 40s? What's your More take on that? way more people in their 30s or 40s obviously and now um, is there i mean i i do think i think most company owners in their 30s and 40s so they don't pay attention to the youth mm -hmm. um is there any brands that have been paying attention to the youth i know icon had a young team but besides I, that have you noticed anything growing up any uh, brands uh, that kind of reached out to the younger skaters i guess uh them skate would uh, with the, uh, I mean, mostly with the Korean guy. Mm -hmm. Maybe they are doing that with other uh, riders, but from what I've seen, it's mostly the AL uh, school in Korea. Um, I think Roches do it, for example, with Savazin. I think he's a young skater. I don't really know where their limit is, but um, I guess giving someone in his 20s a promoter like that mm -hmm. uh, show show something about uh, the brand uh usd does it too they have for example danilo and uh, nicoli from brazil who are really young on the team uh they probably have a lot of other young riders i don't have a, a name in head but i feel like they're try companies are trying more and more to do it but when i grew up i really felt like i was um uh not taking in uh in consideration by the mm -hmm. brands. I mean, not a, not as a rider, like not not as a provide, not provider, but not as a like sponsor thing, but more as just a young guy who the roller. Yeah, like that's that's kind of it. that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, like just like a brand for kids, or like you know, back in the the nineties, a lot of brands like Senate, which I don't know if you've even heard of Senate because it's so old, but they targeted you know young kids and there's not really any brands doing that um do you think what do you think brands should do should be doing to focus more on the younger generation um oh i need to charge my phone uh i'll answer that and i'll get my charger okay um what they should be doing um hmm. i mean i think in general we need roller to be more cool if it makes sense, like all of the roller clothing, all of, most of the brand who do clothing in roller, uh, like um, like a roller brand who do clothing, are like really 
limited in their design. When I compare it to skating, where uh, anyone could wear a skateboard shirt and be like, yo, that's sick. But I hardly know any brand in Roller who does the same, uh, except maybe Mesmer and Lemskate. And uh, that's missing, at least for more like teenager. And for kids, we would need actual Roller for kids, not some transformer thing or because most of the kids who start Roller have uh, the Transformer. I started with the Transformer um, Razors or something. I can't oh, remember. Wow. But, um, and then quickly, I, it wasn't good enough. And so I had to get uh, an adult skate in the adult size because the kid's skate wasn't good enough mm -hmm. for me to progress. So maybe smaller skate. That could also help uh, uh, the girl in skating. Because, I mean, it's, it's getting way better. But for a long time, uh, I knew some girl around me in Switzerland who just couldn't get a pair of skates at their size. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I think also, yeah, marketing to younger people. Because most of the marketing now is for older uh, later. And it's not bad because it's what we have. And brand needs to sell their products. So they need to address to the customer. But we we need to seek out more for them because younger generation is not just gonna come like that. We need no. people doing initiation, doing roller classes, um, yeah, just showing that roller exists actually. Because everyone know what roller is. Everyone know like everyone at least did one or two time roller in their life. But no one knows about aggressive roller somehow. And uh, and it was such a huge thing, and people just it disappeared from people's mind. It's kind yeah. of crazy. It's crazy. I mean, you know, certain countries I feel like it hasn't uh, disappeared too much, but you know, I know like Germany was very unpopular for a long time. Um, yeah. You know, France seems like it's always had some pockets where it's been really big, continuously. Yeah. Obviously, Lausanne, like you said, is it's not doing so hot. Yeah. Did you ever skate any of the, uh, like in Zurich, any of the German parts of Switzerland? Um, I did for competition and sometimes just for a session like that. Uh, I skated in uh, in Zurich a few times in the skate park, uh, in Betsikon, for example, too, in basel i think i mean okay. a lot of also just kind of lost little uh small town or village uh but uh i didn't explore that much i feel like uh, right now i would have liked to be in switzerland uh just to have like the skate park in the street there because i love montreal skate park and montreal street but just not the same it's a different architecture it's a different way of building skate parks so yeah i yeah cool so i didn't get a follow i didn't get a follow-up with you on this a few days ago but i had sent you a link to a video i made called last yeah. call which had albert Huey's first section that was half filmed in Lausanne. did you get a chance to watch that uh i only watched the first 10 minutes but the okay. first thing i noticed is uh in the first five minutes or something they are jumping in water yeah, uh, in the lake in Switzerland, and that's the exact spot I was going to jump all summer when I was in Switzerland. That's because funny. The, the bowl uh, of Vidi, uh, that's uh, right uh, right uh, on the side of the lake, 
it's mm-hmm. 10 minutes ago and i used to just go every day with my best friend there and skate and jump in the the lake and just like um a few meters uh, uh aside of that there was the place i started partying it's like a park where everyone gather uh from uh, high school like okay. a bunch of group gather and so it was just the perfect place for me in summer. I was That's really cool. Jumping in the lake and then partying there during the night. So that was really close to where they had the the Lausanne contest at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's where. We're, yeah. But if you get a chance to check it out, I'd like to hear yeah, yeah. Uh, about some of the other spots because Albert Huey's section was half filmed in Lausanne, and I'd be curious if it is spots are still yeah. skatable if you skated them or if they're all gone because it's been yeah. you know. It was 1999, so that's a long time ago. Sure, Lausanne has changed quite a bit from yeah. way before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> and hobbies outside of skating, did you, did you do any other sports? Did you do any skiing growing up? Did you uh, do any cycling, anything else? Skiing. I did uh, ski uh, as soon as I could ski like roller. My parents put me on ski. and uh, A lot of people think I was doing ski before roller because a lot of my rotation are uh, ski-inspired kind of. I get that a lot from skiers, so I don't know if it's actually the case, but I get that a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've, I've skied a lot. I've skied since, since I'm four. Awesome. Three, I don't know. Since, since That's really cool. I wish I would have started skiing when I was three or four. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it, it helped a lot uh, with roller too, because the risk is so different. And what I like the most is that you see... Uh, a mountain i mean when you're up on the, a ski course not a snow park just a ski course i just i just see that like a big skate park it's like mm-hmm. a snow slide. there is a jump there jump that and if you have enough speed you can also go off that and that's what i like the most in roller also is doing lines most of that's why i seems like i could have a competition approach and i do have uh is that every time i skate i try to make lines and like to find like i don't know do a old acid line, the old school line, or just in general, do lines. Uh, wow, that's rad. Going. Yeah. There's a lot of really creative skiers these days, and there's a lot of crossover between skiing and, and blading. Yeah. Is there any skiers like you follow? Savage, Savage. Yeah, yeah. Um, Enric Harlot. Uh, he's a big in, inspiration. Uh, Enric Harlot. You, you've probably heard about him. Um, there is also Thibaut Magnan, he's mm-hmm. a guy I used to uh, do roller with and now he's on the movement ski team and he's really, really good. He do tricks like, I, I don't, I don't get skiing, honestly, like the level is so, so high. It's, it's crazy. It, I can't, I can't, I can't understand how they do it. Yeah. I mean, some of the videos you watch are just. I mean, technical skiing and just big stuff. I mean, you're dropping yeah. off eight-story buildings into yeah. snowbank or these massive cliffs and, you know, 200-foot jumps. Street skiing is like a dream for me. Like, you can just go there. There is no spot. But you, you can build a, a three-meter-high jump to uh, ski on that roof and do a grind on the roof. That's just crazy. And uh, I'd love to do the same in roller, but it's concrete, so... Yeah. And have you done any skiing in Quebec? No, no, not yet. I want to try this year, but I don't really know if it's worth it. Uh, coming from the Alps, where uh, most of the station I was going was like top tier station in the world, I didn't even know. I was just for me, it was a regular station. Yeah. 
I mean, I'll tell you, it's still worth it because it's fun. Yeah, no, for and, sure. And, and what's but... fun about the mountains, a lot of the mountains in this area, is it's just dense trees that are really fun to ski through. Yeah. Uh, so it's like technical skiing. You know, maybe like not the train parks are good or whatever, but as far as like technical skiing, um, Jay Peak in Vermont has the steepest inbound terrain. Yeah, I, Vermont seems uh, really cool to ski. You, we talked so, about it. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, so if you do yeah. want to ski this winter, you can come yeah. stay here with some of your friends. I know a bunch of the Montreal guys ski. I'm sure somebody has a, a setup you can borrow. Yeah, yeah. There is um, actually a group of um, skater who ski. They're the the ski boys, and uh, one of the guys on the group chat, uh, Louis Charles Paquet, do a backflip. He said, uh, he's one of the uh, skier boys, and uh, yeah, I need to I need to ski uh, in North America this winter. I think it's funny every time I go to a skate park, and there's like some random little kids. All they they always say do a backflip. I don't know how this like phrase got out to every little kid, you know, that sees the rule later to tell them to do a backflip. <laughs> it's like the um, it's, it's the the first because front flip is like kind of everyone can do it because you have to throw yourself just uh -huh. uh, front. But backflip is, I mean, backflip is also in a way a really really easy trick to do. So it's kind of funny that it's that one that everyone chooses to agree it's a hard trick. Because it's really impressive, but if you're not scared, it's the easiest trick to do, the easiest rotation. Front flip is harder than a back flip. It's just less scary. So I, I've only done them off swimming pools, so I don't <laughs> have any... St and, and, and trampolines. You need to come to the Taz. I'll teach it to you in the front pit in the Taz. Remember last time I was a Taz? I like hit my ass in the coping super hard. I almost broke my yes. tailbone. <laughs> yes, that was so bad. Oh. And I saw the fall. It looks so painful. Oh, and I had to drive back to my house two and a half hours. So, <sighs> and so this past winter you weren't in Montreal. So this winter you're gonna be in Montreal. Yeah. And skating wise, it's only skate park basically. Are you just gonna skate skate park? I mean, all winter, or I think that's skiing. Skiing would be a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You're but, not gonna go uh, skate every day. You know, I'm sure skate park's expensive. I'll skate every day. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I have a chance because my parents really support me and they still do. Uh, and that's why I did so many competitions in France because uh, they've always got with me or had me going or even now they still have me. So fortunately enough, they helped me to pay my skateboard, my okay. skateboard entry. That's nice. That's very cool. Yeah, if I wasn't, I think I, I wouldn't skate every day for sure. Well, that's really cool. Your parents are supportive of skating. You yeah. know, a lot of skaters' parents were supportive of their skating. So, yeah. you know, mine were, and obviously yours are, and that's really cool to see that. Um, you know, letting them pursue your passions. And what is your? Do you have a goal in skating? Is there some place you want to be in skating? Like, what's your? What's your, what? Do you, would you like to see your future in skating be? I just want to skate, and uh, I think now for me. The best way to keep skating the older I can is to find a way to make money out of it. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm just trying to skate the best I can and uh, push it more on social media too. I've been a lot on Instagram lately. I'm trying to be on TikTok more also. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really just want to skate. That's 
that's the only thing that I um, that I really wanted to do in life. Actually, that's that saved me for so many years and from from so many things too. I think without skating, uh, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't be the same person, and I don't think I'll be in a really good position. But because of skating, I moved six thousand kilometers away. I met amazing people. I've, I've been traveling since I'm twelve. Uh, I've yeah, it, it's yeah. I think oh, I just really cool. that's now. I, I know that you were doing some or trying to do some lessons in Montreal. How is that going? Have you been doing that? Uh, I've been doing that this summer, but uh, I've had a lot of personal issues lately and a lot of work too. So anytime I had energy, I didn't, unfortunately, didn't felt like giving roller classes. So I kind of put that on hold. I'll definitely come back to it when I found the energy again and when I feel like the time will be right. But uh, unfortunately, because I really like giving roller classes, Unfortunately, I'll have to put that on hold for uh, some time just to get my skating going more. Also. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, it's always something you can do. And what do you do for work? Uh, I work in daycare. Uh, I'm a substitute. Okay. So um, I work for an agency that um, uh, basically uh, book me in daycare and I just accept it uh, with an application and uh, they call me sometime, whatever. But yeah, I, I'm a substitute in daycare, basically. Cool. That sounds like a fun, fun yeah, job. It's, it's really fun, and uh, and for fortunately for me, there is a big employment crisis in North America in general. Mm -hmm. so it was really, really easy to find a job, and uh, I'm just working every day, but I'm getting paid for the hours. So that's but yeah, that's like the best scenario. That's so, really cool. Yeah. Now. Uh, I had a question on top of my head and I forgot it. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, I was in a, a year. Okay, French. Swiss French going to Quebec. How is the Quebecois French different to you than your French back in Switzerland? Um, I mean, Swiss French is different than uh, French France. Uh, mm -hmm. French French. So um, in general, Quebecois is really, uh, it's basically old French because uh, people who arrived there didn't uh, really change uh, their language like France did. Uh, France had a big moment, uh, um, fuck, what's the name in English? Uh, at some point, they kind of uh, revisited the French language and put a bunch of rules and a bunch of really weird things uh just to make it more complicated for the mass to understand i mean that's a theory that's one of the theory but yeah um Québécois french sound more uh terre à terre or français in french we would say terre à terre so like more grand and more simple more welcoming too because french from france really sound uh, really uh, arrogant and um, kind of looking down. I don't, how do you say that? Like frowning yeah. upon. Sorry. Like frowning upon or looking down at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like um, and actually, like a lot of French actually look down on Quebecois or or Belge. Uh, mm -hmm. So 
it's a it, for me i think it's a quebecois with it's not it's not the same french definitely than france like uh i've i've had trouble uh people understanding me because we're just not using the same word and we're not speaking the same way we don't have the same uh uh intonation like uh, intonation mm -hmm. so now there is a, a big difference between i think it's two separated language almost you're gonna have to go to uh, New Brunswick, and those you know New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, where they had Acadian French, which is even crazier. Yeah. Have you heard yeah. that before? The Canadian. Acadian. Acadia. Yeah, That's... it's like it's like a mix of like French and like, um, like native language. Oh, it's no, it's very strange. Um, anyway, they spoke it out there when I was in New Brunswick and it was really interesting to listen to. And they, when they speak, they mix the French and the English together a lot. Oh, that's a thing. A lot of, it's kind of, it's funny uh, coming from Switzerland, coming here, because we also kind of have a, a language problem with the Swiss German and uh, French. Uh, and there is also Italian, but Italian in Switzerland, I feel like doesn't really have a lot of trouble because it really stays in the same uh, area, but uh, there is still there is always kind of a battle, especially during um, vote, etc. When we can really see a difference between the Swiss German and the French, and so it's kind of funny that in Quebec, all of the Quebecois are really really proud about Quebecois, but are literally um, doing literal tradition of English, and it doesn't make sense in French. But uh, it's it's kind of weird. It's um, and the, everyone is also using a lot of English in general. Uh, everyone speaks English and French. Everyone sometimes you will just start speaking English with French people without any reason, just mm -hmm. because switch, or like sometimes you just hear a English expression all of a sudden from nowhere. So. I don't know. Uh, Quebecois is um, interesting, really interesting. I'd say I, I really like that uh, language, uh, but it's definitely not something you can find elsewhere. That that situation right now in Quebec is... Uh, well, Montreal is a great city to be in anyway, if, if you speak English, because a lot yeah. of people speak English there, unlike when you go to Quebec City, yeah. where almost nobody speaks English. So, yeah. you know, it's a lot more diverse... You haven't been? Yeah, I've stayed in Montreal and I did a couple of skate parking in there. I've been in like close to Ottawa, something like that, but I haven't been in Quebec. There was supposed to be the Quebec camping thing, but it got rained out, right? Yes, I was supposed to go actually. Yeah. That's no. Nice. So we have uh, Maxime is in here. Portour yeah, is the circle cool. of life. Cool. Hey, we're cool. <laughs> that's the that's what's up. That's um, that's. Uh, uh, my my team. That's uh, with uh, who I'm supposed to skate the most. Unfortunately, uh -huh. a lot of us got kind of injured and motivation kind of fell back for order. And, but uh, yeah, pour tour, go follow that on Instagram. It's the full circle. It's what brings us all together. There is pour tour everywhere. With with what do you film? A camera. Mm -hmm. What what what's the lens? What's it's a circle. The circle and yeah. a pour tour is a circle. Uh -huh. Everything is a pour tour. Yeah, that's cool. You can you can see without your Portour uh, eyes. Cool. Now, I had no idea what it meant until you told me. 
That's a cool. mean the circle in French, basically. But it's like a, a fun word. Too. And we also got Robert Guerrero in the house with his juice suck a fool post. <laughs> Robert, what that mean? Uh, juice sucker for JSF is a crew from the Bay Area of California mm -hmm. that Robert was part of, and there was old video groove videos that had that crew sections, and that was one of the crews in there, and it's still around, and there's a lot of good skaters in it. So it's just JSF, that's the crew, right? Robert, he's laughing, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, blading his dad. Loric, letting that soul glow. I see you, Playa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and back to your skating. What's your favorite trick to do? Royale. Royale? All of my skating come from a Royale. All of it. I, that's my first trick on almost every spot. Unless I can't do a Royale. For example, a really steep downhill, doing a Royale would be kind of dumb. But... Uh, uh, my approach in skating is really step by step, and that's what I recommend for everyone. I've learned all of my tricks on every obstacle I could in my skate park. So, like flat ledge, then a down ledge, then a flat rail, then a down rail, then a square ledge, and going on and on and on. And so, um, for example, if I want to do an alley oop topsail or a down rail, I'll do a royale first, then I'll do a backslide, backslide. Uh, so, royale on one foot. And uh, then I'll do a Kangram. Then I'll do a 270 back far. And then I can do an Alley Oop Thompson. Is so, it interesting? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it, it all comes from the same kind of momentum. And you just turn a bit more at every tricks. And of, of course, I could just trade up Alley Oop Thompson. But uh, mental play a lot in role, I think. And I need to get my mental ready for it. A trick before doing it so oh yeah that makes yeah. sense and robert guerrero's with you many days i will only do royales yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's Royale really cool it. i love it and is there a trick you've done like throughout your career that you're the most excited about having accomplished oh, that's a good question um hmm. I don't know. I still feel like uh, I need to be to do more. I still feel like I need to. I've I've done like a five forty alley back four. It's like a five forty car grind, but you turn a bit more and you're like an alley back four, uh, back torque. But I don't know. Not yet. I need to do it. <laughs> this year, I've, just... done... <laughs> I've done a lot of good trick, but. I don't feel I have done an exceptional trick. Uh -huh. So I well, need to work on that. I look forward to seeing it. Maybe you can do it in the, uh, the vault video. I hope so. Yeah. So what events are you going to be going to coming up in the future? Are you going to Blading Cup again? Are you Blading doing... Cup, Blading Cup in uh, two weeks. Mm -hmm. yeah. Blading Anything... Cup in two weeks. Anything uh, else? Uh, I hope be the cold showdown. Uh, I hope that'll be, a, that'll be a good one. Bitter cold would be, yeah, a good experience. But, uh, I also want to go back in Switzerland for a time this winter, and mm -hmm. that costs a lot of money. I'm sure and, uh, not, a, not a cheap country, not a cheap country, and flights are really expensive to Europe. Um, uh, but for a Cali for a bleeding cup, I'm gonna be there for a whole week for the bleeding cup, and uh, then I'm gonna be heading to San Francisco. Uh, 
I'll be all the time. I'll be there with my best friend from Switzerland, Samuel Obst. Uh, he's a, also a really, really good writer. He started with me, I think, five years ago. I was already on, on Roller for like three or four years at that point. So I was a level way higher than him. And he catched back. And last time I saw him, he was in some aspect of, of Roller better than me. And so uh, it's going to be a really sick uh, trip. That's really but, cool. Uh, yeah. You guys, I, hope, uh, I was just going to say, you have your trip planned out. Like, what are you going to be doing for that week? And what are you going to do in San Francisco? Have you already That's planned good. everything? Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a, a call on here. Uh, if you have a place for me in ter- uh, Santa Ana, LA, or San Francisco, uh, I'm down. I'll pay, uh, of course, something if you need to. And um, yeah, I don't have any plans yet. That's <laughs> I'll I'll see what's up there. I guess. Uh, so um, you yeah. heard it. He, I had oh I had your Instagram page. I can post it up here. Uh, so if you have a place for Lord to stay in Orange County, LA, or San Francisco, you can hit him up on Instagram which I have right here. So add Lorik on Instagram and contact him and just contact him and tell him how awesome of a person he is or hook him up with a place to stay. I'm sure he'll be excited about either one. Um, And then, so you'll be traveling. Like, is there any place you want to go specifically on this trip or are you just like going to play it as it goes? I'll play it as it goes. Um, Honestly, in general, I'll just skate whatever someone will give me. Uh, okay. When I skate with Imani in Montreal, for example, I'm just like, I'll come with y'all and I'll skate the same spot and I might find a spot right aside of it and skate it. But I, yeah, I in general, I just want to skate. So cool. I'll skate whatever. I'll skate. Uh, I, I do really want to skate like the big pipes in LA. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really know exactly where it is, but those huge... Uh, uh, things uh, in San Francisco, down the hill, down the hill. I really want to do down the hill there. Well, I'll definitely hit some people up, let them know you're coming because I know you know a lot of people in those places. So I can shoot a couple messages and let people know that you will be out there. And that's the week after winter. I mean, that week, the week after Blading Cup, you're going to go up to San Francisco. Uh, yeah, basically, um, for now, my plan is to stay uh, our plan because I'll be with my uh, best friend uh, mm-hmm. from Switzerland. And uh, our plan is to stay in uh, Santa Ana at least until the 8th. Uh, maybe the full week until I don't have my calendar in date, but maybe the full week after. So do a full two weeks and then head for a few days or a week in San Francisco. Uh, we have a flight from San Francisco to go back in Montreal, so we have to go in front of San Francisco at some point. Right. But uh, everything between Bailing Cup and San Francisco, uh, so between the 6th and the 24th, I have nothing planned. So All right, me cool. I'll, I'll be glad to skate whatever with whoever. Well, again, you can hit up Lorik on Instagram. There's an Instagram <laughs> account for you to hit up. And now moving on to your skates, your skating. We're going back here on the Rossi's um, Fifth Elements, right? Yeah. And yeah. are you skating them stock, like stock, stock frames, stock wheels? 
no, I can try to do um, all just go get them, they're right behind me. But uh, I'm skating I'm skating them uh, with the uh, actually uh, L sized uh, FLT4 frame. So it's an M skate with an L uh, frame because okay. um, I felt like something longer could help me, especially because I want to inspire more from skiing. And I guess that could help. Uh, but does, yeah, it, just, does the ground control frames? Yeah, the FLT4. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're the best frame in the street. They look even, good. Even you put me on and I have to put you on. They're the best. I didn't have any wheel bite on it. Really cool. And then the wheels you're on? Uh, I still have the icons. Mm. I wasn't able to buy a new one, unfortunately. Emery didn't hook you, hook you up with some wheels yet? Sorry? I said Emery has, hasn't put you on the team yet? Talk with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their team is full. I totally understand it. Yeah, they have a lot of, lot of people. Yeah. So, Liam... Ask Winter Clash. I think you said you you're gonna try to go to Winter Clash, right? Yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing concrete. Nothing concrete, but I there is a big possibility because I, I want to go there. But uh, if I go in Switzerland for uh, Christmas time, I'm not sure I'll come back uh, in Europe for the Winter Clash. It wouldn't really make sense. Right. So uh, maybe if I don't come from holiday uh, for holiday time, I'll come later and just do a straight up Switzerland and Winter Clash all at once. But uh, I don't know. I I'll see what's up. I I maybe should plan more, but most of the time it work out really great. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, big big trips. The only thing I ever plan is the flights. <laughs> you know, make sure yeah. I get them in time. And other than that, once I get there, I just go with whatever happens. Exactly. Uh, I have very few things set up. Now you're skating flat on those frames. You ever skated any rocker in your life, yeah. or all is flat? Oh no, I've I've started with anti rocker and I was full on anti rocker for a long, long time. And then I skated uh Aeons. I had maybe five pair of Aeons. Uh I just I started skating flag with them without even thinking. I just uh bought them and skated them like they were and I didn't have any trouble. Uh for a time I switched to uh, anti rocker because I didn't have money for the wheel. So I was just finding it more simple and I wasn't for the longest time until like until maybe six months ago, I was basically just getting what I had and I didn't uh I never cared about my roller. I never like um took care of them or mm. even care about what I was getting. If it wasn't hurting me and I could skate in that, I'll skate. But um yeah, I've I've skated for a long time on the icon with the anti rocker. And uh, yeah, switching to flap really, really um, uh, make me skate even more. Uh, make me love skating even more. Yeah, what's well, it? Gives you a, it looks smoother when you skate that way, and you yeah, can go faster. Lots smoother, and I can just skate two spots with my skate on. And uh, I tried when I I received the stock boulder, uh, the the stock watches. I skated the frame for a session. And uh, I know some people love the frame, but it's not for me. And uh, skating anti rocker after skating flat for a long time uh, was really, really weird. I don't so. think that, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of really good stock frames that have ever come out, you know. Yeah. Back in the day, 
it was nice because you know you got some razors and they had like ground control frames on them already so you already had a good skate you know a good frame on your skates but yeah. generally stock frames you take them off and you you upgrade them same with the wheels yeah um and what size wheels are you on right now uh 58 and what's the biggest size wheel you've ever skated uh 60 i think on aon uh and uh i mean i i did uh had a urban setup for a time i mean i just had the icon frame that i was putting on my skate how did but, you skate uh, those around montreal at all yeah i did uh i never filmed anything in the fitness kit but uh, i do use them a lot i really like just to go around the city with that and just go really fast did you ever go any on any of the uh group skates in montreal yeah I did, nice uh, I did uh i did went uh three or four times at the luminous event and now mm -hmm. it's a uh, light up the 514 uh it changed name and changed uh, organizer but it's basically the same thing and uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I really hope uh, those things are gonna continue and grow more and more because uh, that's that just like the purest, um, purest way of of skating. Just mm -hmm. I'm. This is my favorite big group really skates at night, going around course. the city. It's so much fun, you know. Yeah. And you get to see it. You just get a. It's the best way to see a city, to explore a yeah. city, is on skates. You know, you take it in. When you drive, everything just goes by. But when you're skating, like you explore more and you find other spots, yeah, you know, for aggressive yeah. skating or whatever. Um, and have you ever tried wizard blading? I did, and I really want to go on wizard. Uh, I tried. Um... Oh fuck! Um, I'm hitting myself because uh, I love that guy skating. But uh, one of the guys who do wizard in Toronto, mm -hmm. uh, when he was in Montreal, he. Uh, let me borrow his uh, advanced uh, frame. Yeah, and they were like huge, and I just put them on, and I started skating around in the skate park, and it just felt so good. I feel like I was skiing in the skate park. Was it uh, Benny? But... Sorry. Was it Benny? Uh, no, it's uh, his friend. Tim okay. Tim I don't remember the other guy's name. But uh, you're yeah, both good. And uh, yeah, he. I, since now, since then, I really want to get on the wizard, but I also really want to get on quads. And I also I'd love really to see you uh, on wizard's frame. So I think you would yeah. shred those uh, with your style and everything. Oh, pretty cool. Dan said it's TG. Yeah, TJ. That's right. Yeah, TJ. Um, what was really interesting about Montreal Cup is it was the first. Skating contest. Now, you know, Wizard Friends have been around for quite a while now, but they've gotten really popular, you know, in the past couple of years. But yep. Montreal Cup was the first skate contest where I've ever seen people compete in pro on Wizard yes. skates. And there's two people on Wizard setups in the pro street comp, mm -hmm. which was crazy. Yeah. And that's what I love about Montreal is that the city in general, all of the community, all of the. Um, yeah, all of the, the community and everyone just get together and it doesn't really matter if you're doing exactly the same thing or the same sport or like quad quad uh, the, the quad community and the inline community uh find uh, themselves really often uh both on the same skate park at the same time and uh yeah uh, we just 
I think Montreal really like to mix things up, and that's what um, what uh, got me staying there. And yeah. I hope I, I'll see more with our skater at the next event. Well, I wish I got out there more this year because it's the closest city to me, but it's still two two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and going to the Friday night skates, which I really want to do, but you know, you, you can't just drive there, do the Friday night skate, and come back. It's way too late. So it's, you have to yeah. find a place to stay, and it gets expensive. Yeah, um, I I like the host too, but I'm still at my grandparents. When I yeah, have so my that's first too without any problem. That's really cool. Now, um, David's got a question for you. What trick gets him a letter in a game of Blade? That's a good one to know. Uh, um, uh, I like uh, true spin topside. I'm working on it, but. I have really, really good true spin regular, like true spin soul. It's like a really easy trick for me. But uh, true spin topside is somehow really difficult. I mean, uh, it's because I guess I'm turning, I'm turning normal, but for me it's switch because my skinning is really weird. Like I have a bunch of switch in my more normal and a bunch of normal in my switch. Uh, but yeah, true topside, uh, fakey alt cap, some tricks. Um, I have a good vocabulary, but I somehow miss some really basic trick. Like, uh, I don't know, Fiki off cap back seven up. Impossible. I think you'll get me later, really easily. But I can also, maybe I'll pull it off at the very end. I'll, I'll just make it happen. But What about True Spin Soyal? True Spin, uh, I'll, I'll get that one. That's one of the True Spin I have. Uh, I guess... True spin top one star, true spin fish, true spin mid-fit, true spin top acid, and anything half cab uh, true spin top side. And uh, yeah, there is just like a, a way of turning that I just don't get. Like, And strangely, my friend from Switzerland um, uh, actually have all of those tricks super easily. And that's like his easiest trick for him. That's, that's so. really cool. So I love... I love playing horse. I don't really get to play it. You know, I don't really get to skate that much living in Vermont. But when I was in Austin, we skated almost every day. And we played horse all the time at the skate park. And that's the best way. You know, like, you know, game of horse, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you get a letter, you know, if you miss a trick. Yeah. Like, like uh, you know, you do a trick. I do a trick. I miss it. Then I get a letter H for yeah. horse. And they yeah. call it blade. You guys call it a game of blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing. Horse blade. Okay, horse blade is the okay. same. Um, it's just what you call it for like, it's from basketball. It's what you call it in basketball when you like throw the basket, the oh, other person okay. has to do it. Um, but yeah, that's a, yeah. such a great way to warm up at the skate park. You're doing that first for like an that, hour. That's the best way to learn any trick. I learned most of my tricks just doing skate with my friends, with my friend mm -hmm. uh, in, in skate parks. And uh, my teacher that I had, Diego Lupi, uh, teach me the lot when, uh, teach me the most when we were doing skates, because that's so motivating to just like, yeah, I do that trick and you do another one. And like, I don't know. That's for me. It's the best way to learn tricks. And uh, I've seen anyone I did uh, skate with them like learn new tricks or like, like unlock something. And I think it helped a lot. So Sandro, he's been pushing this true fish. Yes. Well, true fish grab. <laughs> he's calling no, you out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but every time I see him, he asks me to true fish. I, I can't remember when he started, but uh, 
yeah, no, I, I can't true fish. I mean, I can't, but now we, now I'll just make it like I can't. Now you want it so more so much that I'm just not gonna do it. It's like oh. a reverse, uh, uh, not psychology, but yeah. Your friend Liam is going to bed. It's two thirty a.m. back in Switzerland. Good um, And we're 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 gonna. I mean, we're getting close towards the end of the interview. Yeah. I've gone through most of my questions. I have a few more. If there's yeah. anybody in the live chat or the 20 something, 18 people in the live chat right now, if any of you have questions for Lark that we didn't cover, go ahead and post those and we'll go to those at the very end after I ask my other questions, which aren't really skating related. They're more like music. What do you listen to? Oh, uh, I listen to a bunch of different things. Uh, I'm really into French rap. It motivated me a lot. Uh, more like um, uh, underground French rap. It's really aggressive. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but I'll make a really good clip with French rap really soon. I mean, I'm hoping to do it. So you'll see. Um, French rap, in general, more like um, rap when they say we're the best, we're killing everyone, and we sell a bunch of drugs. Uh, when I'm skating, I don't know, it motivates me. And uh, sometimes I just listen to really really chill indie music also it really depends on the mood i have for the session i would just want to chill do some toe roll or like try some switch tricks something like that i'll I listen to chill indie rock but uh, when i'm getting into like a contest uh, uh, vibe i'll listen to french rap cool now how's french rap compared to quebecois rap um Quebecois rap is more in, in still in kind of uh cloud phase like um it's more like cloudy the, the way they, they rap the way they do it's like i don't know yeah it's more uh how to describe that i i could find some one of the yeah yeah listen to uh in french rap uh but yeah it's 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 really different, but they do do a lot of collaboration between each other because it's kind of on the same wave. Uh... We've got uh, Benjamin Sanders in here twice with two different accounts <laughs> showing his support. Um, who is, and, and your style, your fashion. You're pretty on point with fashion and style. Where do you get your influence, and what's what? what how would you describe your style? Um, I don't have. I don't think I have one specific style. I just kind of wear what I want. Um, I think Matthias, for example, the guy, a bell bottom guy, mm -hmm. uh, helped me kind of discover more of my fashion and kind of like was like, yeah, wear crop tops, wear uh, bell bottom. No one cares. Just dress however you want. Unbutton your shirt. Hmm? I said, unbutton your shirt. Unbutton your shirt. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, um, I don't like in roller. I don't have a specific inspiration. I just kind of do whatever feels right to me. And yeah, I I like to look good. Sometimes I like to be a bit classy. Sometimes I like to be really trashy, baggy. I have a bunch of different style, and I want to show it more on roller. I think that roller needs that more because. Unfortunately, roller fashion wasn't really popping off. 
but uh, right now we need Blashy. Well, I feel like your crew, your 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 two guys you skate with the most in Montreal, also share some similar traits with style a little bit, you know, yeah. with the yeah. earrings and things like yeah. that. And yeah, well, uh, you guys are definitely you could definitely tell you guys are like a crew. Yeah, it's the Bordeaux crew. Yeah, <laughs> and that's really cool. Yeah. Now another question I have for you, non skating, is food. What food. is your favorite food in Montreal or in Quebec? And so, is there anything you miss from Switzerland? Yeah, cheese. <laughs> cheese is uh, the thing I miss the most. In general, the quality of uh, food, we can find really good quality food in North America, but I feel like in Europe, it's it's still a bit more uh, natural in every way. Uh, but I don't, I can't eat gluten or lactose. Okay. Uh, uh, so I have a really weird diet, kind of. I eat a lot of fruit and vegetable, a lot of rice, potatoes. Potatoes. Potatoes and eggs is the thing I eat the most. I think I eat a bag of chips every day. Uh, Which chips? Like, three bags, like, every day. What's your favorite? Nature. That's, I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's the, the one I eat the most. Cause okay. Uh, being gluten and lactose intolerant and broke, uh, it's kind of hard finding food when I'm outside. So most of the time, a banana and a pack of chips is like the best I can get. So, yeah, but my favorite food, I really like poutine here. Poutine is, I, I'm not supposed to eat it because um, there is gluten in it and lactose in the cheese. Uh, cheese is the only thing uh, I gaslighted myself into thinking it wasn't doing any harm to me because. I just, I just can't remove everything and not being able to eat cheese. But uh, yeah, poutine, uh, Asian food, Asian food in general, I love it, and it's really healthy most of the time. Well, I mean, Chinatown in Montreal is amazing. It's like my yeah. favorite place to eat there. I'm yeah. already plan on eat going there first thing on Saturday to get some dim sum. So oh. that's the plan. At Ruby, at Ruby Rouge, have you been there? In Chinatown, what? it's called Ruby Rouge. It's like a dim sum restaurant in Chinatown. Yeah, I heard about it. I it's really good. I went there last time. Um, my Anthony, I don't know if you met Anthony, um, shorter Filipino skater, at, like my age that lives in Montreal. He's he's pretty cool. Uh, pro probably yeah, but like I said, I have a terrible memory. So I'm gonna go with him. He's a real cool dude, and he's like yeah. from the old. He's like old school yeah. Quebec skater. Nice. Um, and he's the like the expert on dim sum in Chinatown there. So that's who I'm going with. Uh, so yeah. Um, I'm almost done with my questions. So I'm going to call out to the group one last time. If there's any questions you have, go ahead and post them. There's one from, from Dan. And that's uh, favorite skate fit in the industry. And by fit, he meant fashion. So favorite skate fashion. Oh, favorite skate fashion. Um, I don't know. There is a bunch of guys. I like uh, what the Kansu brother are doing. Uh, they are a really, really different style, but I really like both of them. Uh, I like the like kind of baggy old tattoo and a lot of graphics and like yeah, drippy style of uh, uh, Shin. But I also really like the like kind of classy, really easy and really just well made style of uh, Colin. Um, then 
uh, I like the whole Mesmer Crew style, kind of. The rock aesthetic is um, really cool. I mean, they don't all have a rock thing, but most of them do. And uh, bell bottoms and like cropped t shirt and uh, uh, open uh, budget up are a thing they really wear. They wear a lot. Um, JK fashion is really, really good. Um, Bobby, of course, Bobby, uh, his, um, uh, his outfit are always like perfect. Um, who else? Yuto too, but I don't feel like those writers are like, I mean, Yuto, I don't feel like he's, for example, or Colin searching to like have a style, but they just wear their clothes and mm-hmm. their style, but they're not searching to be fashion or whatever. So it's a different approach. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, of course, Matthias style is amazing. Matthias Rude. <laughs> uh, and, um, and he moved to New York now, right? He lives in New York city. Yeah. He lives in New York. Yeah. 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 He moved there, uh, about, uh, down in, in a few years. Um, cause I'm, I was uh, born in the state. I never got back until last year, Blading Cup. But uh, I am actually a U.S. citizen, so I'll probably go there in a few years uh, to explore a bit New York. You are? Wait, you said you're a U.S. citizen? Yeah, I was born in the States, but uh, my parents moved in the Germany first and then Switzerland. But they moved oh, wow. in the U.S. when I was uh, one. Then I arrived in Switzerland when I was like two or three, and I just lived all of my life there. And uh, the first time I got back in the U.S. after I was born, uh, was in California the time I, I won it. Uh, I won the amateur. Oh, where, where were you born at? Uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, so New England. <laughs> I said in New England here, in this area. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. That's, I had no idea. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And David wants to know or asks, can he talk about his interest for fashion? Where does it come from? Uh, I guess that that would be the question. Like why? probably so, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I've always liked to dress good, and I'm really getting into like the last few years. Uh, um, I don't know. I for at first I just wanted to be a cool guy, and now I just really like to. It's like roller for me. It's a passion like roller for me. It's a uh, playing with different pieces, finding uh, good um, things that go together. And I don't know, it's like, um, it, it's it's funny for me, I don't know. I, it's, uh, um, it gives me a lot of confidence too. Uh, and I don't really know actually, like I, I just picked up on it. And, would you be interested in going into a career in fashion? Yeah, I thought it was if I was uh, going back to school, I would maybe do a fashion school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some modeling a bit in Switzerland here, there, and in Montreal too. But uh, I do take a lot of time and I don't have the time right now. But uh, uh, yeah, in general, fashion is, I think, my second big interest after roller. I also do jewelry. Uh, I just do it for myself. I never tried to sell it or I didn't even really show it on Instagram, but 
I like to like make my own uh, custom uh, uh, jewelry pieces. And someone asks, uh, Ben Sanders asks about your necklace. Is there a significance of the necklace? Uh, that one? That's uh, just a chain. Uh, that's the first uh, ever chain I had uh, when I was 16. I wanted to do a makeover, start seeing girls, etc. So I just bought that like silver and another metal maybe. And I don't know, I just always have to wear jewelry. I have uh, rings. Uh, I have a bunch of jewelry over there. And uh, no, I nothing I wear really have a significance. It's just for the fun of it. Do you skate in your rings? I do. And, do you uh, are you ever concerned about catching them? Because I've seen two or three rip their fingers off before with the rings. Yeah, it happened one time. Uh, I was uh, at uh, my home skate park in Switzerland, and we have a, a resi, so a, a ramp uh, in resi, uh, so the, the plastic thing, right? And so they had a um, little string on the side of it, uh, and they were like that ramp, and uh, the thing was going down. And so I just wanted to catch one of the string and jump in the ramp just to get some speed. And uh, it was big string, so it wasn't supposed to do that. But one of my ring just got caught up, just like it like that. I didn't lost my finger, but I did have a big, big uh, um, cut on my finger uh, on actually that one. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, that was scary, but I don't really see an occasion I could get my finger stuck into something because of my rings, unless that thing, that was really dumb. Cause... Well, what happened, uh, there's a skater, his name is Mac McMeans. He wrote, he worked for Razors at the Escondido Skate Park. He caught his finger on a scudo sticking out. Oh, he caught his ring on a scudo sticking out, and it just pulled all the skin from the knuckle off. And then they had to cut the bone, and he has like a like a wooden yeah, finger I now. Yeah, it could happen in the situation I had. Yeah, and it happened to another skater in Houston too. Um, so yeah, I always like see the rings. I'm like, it depends. I, obviously, it depends on what you're skating, but make sure it's not a shitty skate park that has a bunch of screws sticking out. Yeah, I'll make sure. <laughs> uh, and then um, let me see. Vinny wanted to know if you're skating. Are you rolling the, the fifth elements? Are you, are you skating anything else? as well or did they give you any other skates than that uh no well i only have the fifth element uh i'm gonna have the uto uh i hope before building cap um and that's it i would like to have another pair of uh, fitness skates so when i get the uto maybe i'll buy a frame from for the fifth uh, i already have and have like two to set up like that um but uh, no right now i only have uh, those kids and then ben asks how important are crash pads gear to you do you skate any pads yes all you need only two things uh shin guard and uh, uh wrist guards wrist guards i have since uh it's been five years no it's been since uh since i've started skating almost i'm wearing protection uh but uh, something i discovered uh, with my volume teacher i had in uh switzerland the uh you basically only need soccer um uh shin guard and when you learn how to fall on that you almost never catch my knee it happened a few times but it's always like a dumb mistake that make me catch my knee on something or like hurt my knee 
but most of the time when you learn to uh, fall with shield guard you will always catch yourself with those and um, the only thing I I should have been more careful with my wrist because it started to hurt like at every small impact so now I'm just wearing it all the time maybe I should have done that earlier um, but and you yeah. suffered an injury right was that your wrist or what did I know you were hurt a couple months ago uh after i mean i'm always getting hurt because um i only do roller and mm -hmm. so uh my left leg is way less muscular than my right leg so uh, there is a balance that i don't really get and uh so i keep like um uh, uh compensating with my right leg and so then at some point my right leg is tired so then it start hurt, so I have to compensate with my left leg, and so for a time it worked. But then, it's my left leg who hurt, and yeah, and it goes all over my body. Like um, I can see it. Uh, I'm working on it. Though I have, I'm seeing a physio, and I'm doing exercise, etc. And I'm getting better. Like it's way better than before. But my injury are almost always the same. It's I skate too much, and uh, I don't do exercise side of it. So no, stretching is okay. stretching and exercise is very beneficial yes. doing yoga something like that yeah. um caroline wanted to know if you're going to give classes this winter uh, we had mentioned that you took a break from classes and you're not sure when you're going to start again is that right so yeah probably not this winter or uh yeah i i i really want to do classes in taz and i will have more times of course because uh i'm not going to be able to skate every day so i hope uh, I'll see that after bedding cup, I'll figure everything out, but there is a big possibility I do classes this winter, at least a few times. And Caroline is a friend of mine. And so, yeah, anyone in Montreal, if anyone come in Montreal and you're skating with me, never hesitate to ask for advice. I love to help people out and, uh, not do a lesson, but just give a few advice and maybe another perspective that you didn't saw or whatever, like, yeah. Cool. So I'm planning on doing yeah. Now the schoolie experience says met Lorik at Blading Cup last year. Big shout out to him. So that's a shout out from the schoolie experience. Thank you. Um, and COVID review wants to know, is that a perm? Is you, do you have naturally curly hair? Do you curl it oh, yourself? Yeah, it's it's hundred percent natural. Uh, I just uh, I take care a lot of it, so I try to wash them uh, once a week. Because I have noticed that the curls are way better when I wash them uh, less often. And uh, I wet them with only cold water. And I try to never wet them before going to bed or like putting a cap on or whatever. And so, yeah, I put some product on time, but thanks, Genetic. And it's a really cool mullet, curly mullet, too. Yeah, it's not just like, give, us a side, give, us, give us a side view. Yeah, see? I've got a yeah, mullet going too, but it's kind of, I need yeah, to trim it down I, I a little bit. Mine, mine is more like just long hair at this point. It's not really a mullet that much anymore. Uh -huh. I need to like do a bit of trim. Here yeah, that's what I have to do. Mine's kind of like disappeared. Yeah. Um, and then the school experience wants to know, well, we, you had talked about this before, but he asked how you like the fifth element. So they're the, for me, downsizing them, they're the best kit I ever had. Like, it's it's so weird that I it's like I discover a whole new world now after eight years of skating with just taking a size under what I was having. 
So yeah, they work out great. They are actually a really good quality. Like um, I honestly didn't knew Branches skate that much before, and for me it was like a like the aeons of Branches, the fifth element, kind of like the most stunning skate. So not necessarily the best quality, but they actually still make a really solid sound and still work really really well without having to do anything after uh, now and months of skating. And I've been skating almost every day, so yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I've skated. The last road time I had Rosies was when they first came out with Majestic 12s in like 1998. It was the last oh. time I had Rosies, so it's been a long time. But I yeah. like those skates a lot. Uh, yeah. And the modern uh, Majestic 12s look even better. But those ones were really cool. They were like pretty much the first, you know, I think like the, 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 the first really good aggressive skate that came out. Um, oh. And then... Let me see. Emini's in the chat. We've brought him up a few times today. He asks, do you prefer Machio or backflip? No, top side Machio. Prefer top side Machio. <laughs> yeah, um, backflip. backflip. By the way, I'll, I'll do a backflip at the end of every of my line. It's like a rule for me now. <laughs> I've seen you do uh, at least three backflips in person. Yeah, I mean, when I say, but it's more a flat spin that I do. Most yeah. Of the time. But uh, people like to call it a backflip because I turn like kind of like that. So, yeah. But uh, I prefer backflip, I think. For me, at least my backflip is easier to do it than a fish brain because I've just done it so many times just without even thinking about it. Now I, I do it at the end of every of my line with the with going like a, at a two kilometers per hour and going at 30. I'll do it at any speed at, on any land. That's cool. And Ebony, I talked to him in Montreal last time about getting him on the show to talk about Orange Wheels with Charles and some other people. So hopefully we can get together and do that sometime here in the near future. We've got another Montreal skater in the yes. house, Guillaume. Yeah. And I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, since before COVID, I don't think. So it's good to see him in the live chat. Now, I'm, I've got through all my questions. We've gone through the ones in the live chat. If anyone else has any questions, you can post those. Do you have anything you want to mention? Do you have any questions for me? Um, huh, I should have thought about that before. Um, <laughs> uh, huh. How did you start it, Roller? How did I start? Yeah. I started uh, with just urban skating. So, yeah. you know, I got some skates from my neighbor, just skated around the neighborhood, went downtown, skated the city, skated stairs, did roller hockey. Um, and then I got, oh, I skipped somebody. Who did I skip? SSJ Media. He asked about the aggressive inline game. Oh, yeah, that was a good question, too. Sorry, sorry, SSJ Meta. Um, Ask him if he's ever played aggressive inline the video game, and if so, who was his character of choice? Unfortunately, I was too uh, young, and I didn't have a console for most of... I, I didn't have a console when I grew up, so I never really was on that video game thing. So, um, unfortunately, no, but when I played, I played uh, Frankie Morales on the... Aggressive, and I can't remember the name of it, but uh, like the most popular game 
Uh, I've played it uh, this summer when I was, uh, I actually was on uh, colocation. How do you say that? Um, uh, I lived with someone else in the same apartment. Okay. Had, like, roommate. I had a roommate who was doing roller and who had uh, one of those uh, old games and I was playing pretty marvelous on that one. I've never played any of those video games, so really? uh, not no oh, none of them. Oh, I thought you it was like rolling all of them. And then Guillaume asks, "What are the next projects with the solo team?" Oh, um, a bunch of things uh, we still have to discuss about. Uh, but uh, I mean, we we can we can do everything basically. Uh, Maybe a collaboration with them, kind of like uh, Charles Montel did. Uh, that's something we need to think about. Uh, I would hope a video team, maybe. Um, maybe a trip, that would be cool. Uh, competition. And, uh, oh yeah, that's the time I should say that. But beginning of December, I really, really, really want to organize a Cash for Tricks uh, slash project for Tricks, whatever at uh, the spin or the Taz uh, beginning of December. So that's a project uh, I'm on and that uh, I want to do. Cool. That sounds really cool. Uh, just let, go. Yeah. You have to let me know when that, you do that. Yeah. Um, and then Pierre asks, I seen Lorik practicing double flat on the foam pit. Have you landed on regular ramps? Uh, I never landed it, but I threw it three times when I was uh, 16, right before, like a week before COVID hit and everything shut down. So I never was able to throw it back again because I was at the point before COVID when technically I was uh, at my best I've ever had before a few months ago, I'd say. Uh, I finally like got back all of my tricks because COVID helped me a lot discover my fashion and discover myself and overall also making new friends outside of roller etc um but uh, it also really slowed me down on my progression because before that i was uh, running 1260s double flat spin i was planning on going to the fees doing all of the fees i was um, really really like just going further and further every time i was doing the 540 top so easily and shit like that and uh, it took me a long time to get back all of those tricks. But double flat spin is still something I have in mind. Unfortunately, Montreal doesn't have any good uh, jump for that. Why are the Fees skaters so much better than everyone else? <laughs> like at Park. Because I mean, the level all... of tr tricks they do, it's like a video game. Yeah, because um, it's you have to be perfect. So they train so much. Like... Gabi Diaco, for example, that I respect a lot, uh, will always do his um, uh, cork uh, 1080 or 1260. And uh, Julien Kudo, his double backflip. And um, I don't know who else. Uh, Nicolas Serville, his uh, mystically gap. And they all have the same tricks that they do at every contest on different obstacles, but it's the same trick. And it's a lot of repetition. And the thing is with Fizz, you can only get good on Fizz if you do Fizz. You can't train for fees outside of the fees event. Almost can't. So that's why there is only like a, a really few skater that can actually skate a fees course really well, because it's the only one who do all of the uh, steps of the fees, and who just train for that almost only. 
Mm, that makes sense. But when when you take that to another competition, like Diabidiaco did that with your clash, it will work out really great. Mm -hmm. And then Guillaume wants to do a Taz edit someday. Yes, Guillaume, whenever you want, we need to do a video together. Whenever you want, we we will message each other. I'm down for that. That's a really good idea. And Emily says we need to see you at Feast. Yeah, it's it's in it's in my my head for sure. Um, I don't think this year because this year I'm trying to be more street core, whatever that means, but just be more like yeah. I want to do more street, even though I don't do a lot, but I try at least in park, not do a, uh, too much park park thing. But uh, yeah, when after I'll do a really good street section and I'll maybe win a street competition or whatever, I'll come back at the fees because I still have those rotations. I, I did um, 1260 uh, a month ago. I re relearned it and relearned it. But uh, yeah. Cost a lot of money, and I have other projects right now. I've I've seen a couple of old sections of you skating park. Have you ever done a street edit before? Is this gonna yeah, be your first one? I actually never. I don't have a, I don't have a good section on YouTube. My last one was the one at Venice Beach with Icon. Mm -hmm. That was good, but it took like two hour. Uh, yeah, one and a half hour maybe to film all of it. It was like a really quick thing. I just. I wasn't even really thinking about it. I was just doing my tricks and they filmed it and it looked really dope. But uh, I right now I really felt like I need like a good trick session to kind of like assert myself in order. And how often do you guys film in Montreal? Do you, do you film every session or is it? Uh, for street or just in general? Just in general. In general, I mean, right now, you've seen on Instagram, I've, I've just made a conclusion that Every session I was getting in like a competition almost, so why not film it? And uh, so right now I'm filming every session. And uh, I mean, I try to really just go like, yeah, I'll do three tries and I do those three tries and I land it or I don't land it. Sometimes, mm -hmm. most of the time, it takes way more than three tries. But uh, I, yeah, I try to film as much as I can because I've been doing so much really cool tricks that I never show and that I've just been working on it so I feel like I'm on point right now where I need to take over the social media all yeah. followers social media is uh you know today is the way to promote yourself you know times have changed and you were never really part of the old analog era of blading where it was just magazines and you know DVDs and VHS yeah, tapes I never had a of... magazine before uh, yeah before um wait I need to remember before that one? Oh yeah, uh-huh. I've got that one. Skeleton Owl. Yeah, I never that that was my first ever roller magazine I hold in my hands and someone uh I mean the skeleton aisle gave it to me at the blading cup and yeah that's really cool. Piece so of blading the, history right there. Yeah. <laughs> Your first magazine. That's first awesome. Magazine. Yeah. And then Guillaume says, Cash for tricks at Taz, please. Let's yes. rent it out for a night session. If you guys rent it out okay. for a night session, I'll I'm gonna to try to go to the night sessions this winter for sure. Yeah. Again. Uh, it's but, just um, all finding a place to stay there, which makes it difficult. I hope uh, by that time I'll have an apartment. And if that's the case, I'll host you. Well, that would be yeah. awesome. I appreciate it. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm pretty much out of questions here. Yeah. Again, 
if you have a place for Lorik in LA, Orange County, or San Francisco during and after Blading Cup, make sure and hit him up on Instagram. Go ahead and follow him on Instagram as well at Lorik Picard. You have a TikTok too, right? Yeah, it's Lorik Picard. Okay, so I'll go ahead and uh, link your socials in the description below so people can click on it, check out what you have, you know, all your clips and everything. They can start following you and giving you a place to stay if possible. Um, and we'll go one last question for Guillaume. This is the last question we're doing. What do you think about the new Huntstick skate park? By the way, Jan, we have tons of new concrete skate parks. I know that you guys have all sorts of new parks and pub tracks. I've yeah. seen them. Antic Skate Park, though, is the best skate park in Montreal. It has been built uh, two weeks ago, I think it was done. Uh, my last reel, if it's from that. And it's my new favorite skate park. It's like, uh, we can see a rail on my reel when I do a backslide to a little top soon, 540 out. And that reel is just perfect. The whole skate park is perfect. There is everything you need. There is a small street section, a big street section, a ramp, um, a half of a bowl, a, vo a volcano, uh, extension, like everything is really, really smooth, concrete, just like, it's like perfect. That's cool. So, Hopefully I can check it out next weekend. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, what else was there? Uh, oh, yeah. I have a bunch of shows coming up on this channel. Um, well, I've been posting a bunch of shorts, so if you're into things like that, you can check those out. Lots of old tricks in the shorts area of this page. But tomorrow, I have another live chat. It's going to be an episode of Let's Talk Rollerblading, and it's with a guest I had for the last one, which was Frank Stoner, and we have a bunch of topics we're going to talk about. And if you want to wake up early, because it's an early show tomorrow, it's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 a.m. on the West Coast, but it's going to be an interesting chat about rollerblading. For any, but this is just for people watching this show right now. Um, but uh, on, in, what's that? Yeah, continue, sorry. Uh, what time is going to be in Montreal? The show at 10, 10 a.m. 10, 10, 10, 10 in the morning. All right. Amazing, yeah, yeah. So me and Frank will talk rollerblading. Should it should be interesting for you because we t we just talk about a bunch of old stuff and our opinions. And Frank, somebody I've known since nineteen ninety six, so long history with him. On Monday. Episode 28 of the Dem Now Blading podcast with Mike Martino. That should be a good one. The following Monday, episode 29 with Robert Guerrero. And the Monday after that will be episode 30 with Jason Howard. I'm going to start trying to do Mondays for most of the podcast. But obviously, we're doing a Thursday right now. So it's not going to be consistently every Monday. But I'm going to try to make it a little bit more easy for people to you know watch the show. And... I should try to get Sandro on his show because Sandro's yes, left, which would be pretty cool. He's got a lot to say. And, uh, you know, I have also have these beautiful cups of me, the Jan. Oh, you need one. <laughs> that are now blading cups. And I have merch. I have a link to my merch in the description below. I have links to my social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have links to Lorik's social media. So follow all of us on social media. And if you enjoyed this video, or if you enjoyed this interview, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already, hit the bell icon to be notified of all new uploads and share this video with your friends so everyone can find out more about Lorik and the new young youth generation of role betting, which is very important and is the future of the sport.
I'd like to thank everybody for watching the show. I will see you all here next time. Well, maybe tomorrow morning if you wake up earlier. But mm -hmm. Monday coming up with Michael Martino here on the Dead and Outblading YouTube channel.